The reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many signs and wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he needed. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, it's great to see you this morning. Let's pray to start with. Father, we ask this morning that by your grace you would speak into our hearts. Father, I'd ask that our hearts would be open to you, to what you want to say to us this morning, as we consider what it is to serve you as a community together. In Jesus' name, Amen. Wonderful. It's nice to join you this morning, and we're continuing with the series looking at Springfield's values. We've been doing the same, actually, in both congregations. And perhaps as you've, you've heard some of the, the sermons and how much those values are fundamental to life at Springfield. And sometimes we, we say they're part of our DNA and we want to see them being lived out on Sunday mornings in our cell groups, in the ministries, in outreach events, for all the, the, the values that people at Springfield live by living them in our hearts and living them in all that we do. We value what we do and we do what we value. It's a quote from our minister who's in Kenya at the moment. But it's so true that if we really value something, that's what we do. And if we don't really, well, we give it a miss and avoid it. So we really want to share those values. Perhaps you've been part of Springfield for quite some time and perhaps need refreshing or perhaps you're newer to Springfield and need to really get a grip as to what Springfield's all about. So I know so far at Wallington Girls, you've looked at value A, B and D out of A, B, C, D and E. That's five, okay? So test then, so far, what have you learnt? Value A is what? Very good, good. I should be reporting back, yes. Very good. Serving, belonging, Finding and being released in your gifts. Wonderful. Then it was B. You've done B, B for becoming disciples. Very good. That was a little quieter. Becoming disciples. <laughs> so I'm just making a note. Now, the process. It's a long, it's a process, a life process and a journey of growing in our Christ likeness. Then the next one was D. D for doing mission. Excellent. And the church being called to the sake of the world 
each one of us being part of the body of Christ and taking part in building God's kingdom. That misses out C, which I'm going to look at today, and E is next week to complete all the values. So C, C is for creating community. Excellent. Oh, well, you know it anyway. I'll sit down then. (laughs) I'll try and add something that you might. Well, okay, community. Just thinking, what is community? People, lives, relationships, how people relate to one another, how they work together, how they fall out, how they make friends again. And I was just thinking, actually, I was thinking about community. Maybe how fascinated people are by other people's lives and the goings-on and the miseries, perhaps, the joys, the scandals. And it just got me thinking about how many people watch soap operas, which is basically about how people live their lives, really, isn't it? And what they do every day, whether in the cafe, in the pub, having a row or making up, I suppose. And then I was just looking on the BBC website and finding out what was the most watched programme on Christmas Day. And everyone's at home, so we're celebrating the joys of Christmas. Peak viewing, number one. You guess what it was? Which programme? was absolutely... No, it wasn't. It was EastEnders. Oh, well, I don't watch it, but I just, that shows how many people just love a bit of, well, community. It might not be at its best, but it's about people's lives, loves. Ten points. Two million at its peak. That's quite a lot of people, isn't it? Second was Coronation Street, another good old soap. 9.9 million at its peak. Third was, yes, Downton Abbey. It's all about people, isn't it? Lives. I don't watch any of them. Actually, just out of interest, next was Doctor Who, The Queen's Speech, Strictly Come Dancing. I didn't watch any of those. But tense was Gruffalo's child. I watched that. (laughs) Lovely. Well, we're looking today at a Christian community. And Lotwina read to us, that's the earliest gathering of believers. Actually going on at a time of great change and transformation. Beginning of Acts 2, we discover how the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples. Seems to set them alive. Equip them, release them to serve God, to spread the gospel and the good news. And it's having such an effect on everybody around them. They're becoming baptised, says verse 38. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted the message were baptised, and about 3,000 added to their numbers each day. There's a huge sense of, of something happening, transformation, people getting together hungry to learn more. Now, I was just thinking, I wanted to really get into that community. I wanted to be a fly on the wall and see what's really going on there. Okay, I'm working closely with Claire this morning on this PowerPoint, first of all. <laughs> tune and I don't watch that either but it just got me thinking there's a certain reality TV show where there's one house 43 cameras 
and it advertises itself as a life-changing experience. Now, I'm not saying that is, but what I want to do is, imagine there are cameras on the wall, okay? There's a community of believers who are going to be watching and seeing what is going on. Let's, let's peel off the layers, get under the skin and see why is it such a thriving community? What's going on? Okay, so we've got a, a community. We'll have a picture of a house in a moment. And I want to see, well, what are they doing? Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, so they're coming together. Imagine they're in the house, not that house, but a house, somewhere where they're gathering together. So what are, what are the community up to? Well, they're teaching. The apostles are teaching and the community is eager to learn. Jesus had commissioned his disciples to make disciples of others, to teach them God's word, to encourage them, to tell people. And I just get a great sense of how eager people were to learn. That's the next one. And there's very much a sense of togetherness, the fellowship of believers, sharing together, all involved, joint participation. Everybody counts in this community. The great sense of fellowship. And as a community, they're worshipping together, breaking bread, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, what he had done for them. A community, I get real sense of being grounded in the truth of God, who Jesus is, what he has done for them. And a group committed to their relationship with God through prayer, spending time with God, seeing and knowing the releasing of God's power in their lives through prayer, together and perhaps individually too. And it says the outside world was watching. They were drawn and curious to what was going on. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And all encompassing the Spirit of God upon them all. But you know, what well, I'm sure often we'd look at a group of people, a community of people, we can see, yes, they're doing all the right things, and that's great. But there's something more that must have drawn the outside world to becoming disciples themselves. What actually really drew them in? Was it ticking all the boxes, doing the right things, or was there more? And people could see this community... Verse 44, it says, all the believers had everything in common. Verse 46, whatever they were doing was with glad and sincere hearts. People are really drawn, perhaps we are too, to actually, what's under the skin? If you peel off the layers of all the good things that are going on, actually, what is that community really like? What's in their hearts? How do they behave with one another? Doesn't that really reveal what's really in their hearts and what's really going on and what's really making a difference. Their relationships with one another. Now, I was fascinated here because it says that people had everything in common. Let's have a blank screen for now. The next one. Thank you. But people are different. We haven't, have we got, well, we've got in common that we, we want to become disciples and we meet together in church. But people are so different. Different personalities, opinions, backgrounds, some people you click with 
and some people you do not. And I really wonder whether we meet everyone with glad and sincere hearts, or whether it's just some of them that we actually quite get on quite well with. I was reading about Christian communities, and it was one, one monk, Brother Lee, who said, isn't it true that a community is a place where the person you least want to live with always lives? Well, it's kind of true, isn't it, really? That's getting under the surface. And when Will has spoken about community and relationships, he often talks about one's VDP. There's always at least one of them, perhaps in cell, or in, in your church community, or in a ministry. Your VDP is your very difficult person and acknowledges that they, they do exist. But I've never really used that acronym. Mine tends to be P-I-T. And the fourth letter I use is usually N for neck. But you might have a different fourth letter, but I'm not using that one this morning. But you know, it's true. And I used to think, well, actually, I love people. I work in teams of people. It's a privilege to work with many different people at Springfield Church. And I'm part of the netball team. And I love people. But actually, I was realising how much I loved being surrounded by people. I found it quite easy to get on with. Not necessarily always agreeing with, but actually we kind of clicked together, worked things out, working with people at Holiday Club or the children's work. It was great. But now I think what I'm discovering is what real community is about. That's in my role as leading the second congregation at, at Springfield Roundshaw. All sorts of people come together in a congregation. They're not always people that you just sit happily alongside and just click together but they're part of the body of Christ. And they have different views, different personalities, characters and backgrounds. And sometimes when we meet other people that we don't quite click with naturally, we find actually that maybe we'd rather avoid them and not find it a comfortable place to be with them. And it's something I've realised how much, perhaps myself personally, but perhaps all of us, really need to get to grips with to really fully grow in our Christ-likeness. It's part of our disciples' journey together. We can't wrap ourselves in cotton wool, but actually, because God has made us all different, he's called us all to be part of the body of Christ. So it begins a learning journey, really, with the grace of God to help us. So, getting under the skin. First of all, G for grow. Growing up as disciples... Growing in faith, if we only ever are surrounded by familiar people, are we not really growing in our true Christ-likeness? Are we just cocooning ourselves, really? What about the challenge of someone who has a different view, a different personality? What do we do about that? Are we prepared to meet them, get to know them, value them just as much as we do our closer friends, people we find it easier to get on with? has found how much working with others has grown me. I found out how much other people have to offer my own Christian walk, how they bring in different ideas that actually are very powerful. They have a lot to say too. And people often say, well, how are you getting on? And I think over the last few years, we could say actually growing up, growing in faith and really growing to understand what it means 
to be part of a community. And what does that involve really? Ah, being real, getting real. Real about ourselves, first of all. Do we often tend to blame others when we feel a bit vulnerable or a bit uncertain or slightly doubtful, losing confidence? That's what we need to realise is actually that's part of our, our own characters that we want to ask God to help us work on. It's not to blame the other person for making us feel less confident and uncertain, but actually to say to God, yes, I'm a faulty person, help me to grow, help me to change, help me to embrace that other person. And rather perhaps, well, there's either conflict or somebody you're not quite sure about. If they were here, I'd probably want to be over there or someone else, because I would always say, oh, the last thing I want is conflict, but I avoid it like the plague. Not necessarily meaning arguments, but actually just differences when you're not quite sure where someone's coming from. But I've known how much God has said, get right in there and go and meet that person. Go and greet them. Bring them it brings peace. Go and see how much they've got to teach you. So really, being real about myself and about other people has been so key to growing as a disciple and growing a really open and loving community. In a congregation and in cell, to actually go and speak first to the person that I might find my PITN or my VDP or somebody that I'm not too sure about. And always asking God to help us speak with love and grace first before a conversation starts. And I find it so vital to be real too in ourselves. We can look at the Bible, we can learn and talk about the Bible passages Unless we're actually being real together and saying, you know, I'm struggling with this. What is this actually teaching us? How are we really as a community that sincerity isn't there? That we see in that, in that first century community, love and sincerity. We've got to learn to be vulnerable, to be open to ourselves and to be other people. An insincere community sweeps it all under the carpet, perhaps and just focuses on a bit of learning, but learning, teaching, has to come with that love, vulnerability and reality together. And then, okay, being real about ourselves, actually wondering, do we really accept the love that God has for us as an individual? Are we really desiring to be filled with that love and grace of God? Because until we're really filled with that, And certain in that, it's so much harder to accept and love others too. And to actually know that God loves them just as much as they do us and our loved ones. That God sees people through very different eyes to how we might see someone. And how much they are part of the body of Christ and how much we need one another to build the kingdom of God together. And Jesus commands us, he commands us. As John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now he must have been saying that because maybe the guys he was with, they were all very different. 
They had to be real and honest and grow together. And Jesus was calling them to serve one another in love. The type of love he's talking about isn't just about feelings, or whether you, you quite like loving that person and caring for them, but actually the word he uses, the Greek word for love, which is agape. Agape isn't a love based on feeling, but it's a selfless servant love. Serving and loving others out of compassion. Working on it. Giving of yourself. Putting someone else first. That's whether you feel like doing it or not. And it's only agape love that can come from God's Spirit working in us. Equipping us and releasing us to love others with agape love. The fruit of the Spirit that only God and his grace can produce in our lives. So building on that, growing as a disciple, accepting God's love for you and God's love for others, being prepared to serve one another with selfless servant love, making a commitment, a commitment to your role in the community. Maybe it means turning up every week to sell when you might not feel like it, really desiring to have that that love and willingness to serve others. It needs a commitment the getting over our, perhaps our own anxieties and fears. If you want to avoid someone in cell, actually going to commit to going to greet them and meet them and learn to love them too. We have a God that really does challenge us and wants us to commit and can speak so much to us in that, in our challenges, if we're prepared for all that he wants to challenge us with. And we find that we do grow in the process And then, encourage one another, it says in Hebrews 3, verse 13, how much we need to encourage one another, how much we need help when we find things challenging. Therefore, how important it is to be real with one another. Because if you're not admitting that you're finding things tough, you can't be encouraged. If you want it all good, looking good on the surface, nobody can get underneath and peel off those layers Wow, with those letters, it really did remind me, as we put those things together, how much we need the grace of God, just as those first century Christians needed God's love and grace and power to equip them and release them to build that community. So when the cameras are on and we forget about them, and people are looking in, what do people really see? What do they see in our Sunday congregations. They see a club of people just chatting happily to those they've got to know really well. Do they see a group of, of people in a community who actually go and seek out the person that they don't know? The person that they actually find a little difficult but really value and want to get to know more? Do they see a community that is sincere in our cell groups too, in the ministries? Do we take those same things out into the ministries when we meet other people? What do people see when they peel off the layers? They're looking in on a community, worshipping, learning, praying, but what else do they see? They see lives being transformed by love and generosity and sincerity together. That's what really makes a difference. That's what people really notice. 
We can do all the right things in the world, but if our hearts aren't true to one another, people will see. We see in that first century community how, how the outsiders were really drawn in. Thousands were being saved every day. Let's pray that others, as they see us working and living out our lives and our faith together, that they too will see that's where our heart is. And we're prepared to meet those challenges. It will be great to see that people are drawn in and also saved by meeting us in a church, by joining ourselves. When we go out into community, different ministries, we have Lots of ministries, you know, Chatterbox and Tiptoes for Toddlers and, and Footsteps, Messy Church. What do people actually see? And some people have said that they've come from other churches. One lady said, we hear so much about what you should be doing. She said, what makes a difference to me is actually seeing it happening. What's really coming from people's hearts spoke far more to her than doing all the, perhaps the worship song and, and hearing the word and, and the Bible story. It's actually watching to see how people are actually living out that, what was true about that community. Perhaps this morning, as we were thinking actually in how much all the values linking together, how much we need each other to be involved, how crucial it is as we grow as disciples to really have a heart to grow community together, and how vital it is for us to do mission to take ourselves out as that real loving community together how we approach other people in our communities and at work and in, in our home lives too. People notice and it does make a difference. So perhaps this morning gives us the opportunity just to really think about our relationships, how key they are and how when there is a hurting and a broken relationship, how it really does cause a stifling and a blockage in our really growing as disciples of Jesus. We know, don't we, in our hearts, when we are struggling with a relationship, that it doesn't sit right, that we're really going to do something about it, and that is so hard to do. And that's where we need to encourage one another to be real, perhaps in confidence, with somebody that we trust to help us to work through it. Whether that's a relationship at church, at home, in our community, at work, but we just know that we can't grow in the full life as a disciple when actually there are some hidden hurts that we think God hasn't noticed. Well, kind of, we know God has noticed, but we really need to be real about those. So perhaps this morning, as, as we just consider how much, how much relationship is so important, that we might just bring to God those relationships that are causing us pain, where we find it so hard to go and meet face-to-face with that person. We just need God's love and encouragement to go and make our peace with that person. Or perhaps when there has been damaging pain in our lives, whether we've caused it, whether we need forgiveness, or whether we need to forgive others, that we might just need God's love and grace to help us on that road to free us. As we sang this morning, ransom, healed, restored and forgiven, it's only by the grace and the love of God that we can hope to do that. 
So perhaps as the band come out in a moment, there'll be prayer ministry. Perhaps you'd like to come and just be prayed for. Perhaps you know that there is a relationship that you really do want to be healed. Or perhaps you really want to grow as a disciple of Jesus, but you're just struggling with that. Or maybe you want to know where do you fit in to this community. But let's pray as that as the cameras continue to roll and look into our lives, that actually we really get to grips with what it is to grow community together and that we really do see this as a life-changing experience. Amen. And so now, as we go from this place of worship in this precious community, back out into the world and to our lives, we ask God's blessing upon us. May God bless us and keep us. May God make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us all and remain with us always. Amen.